everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. Yes, we're back. Uh, for those that don't know, we go live every single day-ish, 6 p.m. to uh, make the locals like yourself laugh. If you guys want to talk about anything, go ahead and put it in the chat. Or if you're listening to podcasts, make sure you leave us a review. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, I did take a break. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta socially detox every once in a while. Uh, to remind yourself how awesome social media is, <laughs> right? Like you can't you can't really appreciate social media until you go back to uh, you. Uh, you can't appreciate social media until you leave it and then go back. Aedes says, "Let Darius perform." <laughs> hey, Darius, come on out here, man. Come perform, Alex. Aedes. Uh, yeah, Darius is a cool dude. Met him over at uh, the Red Bar. Shout out to Darius and some folks out on Monday. But uh, all right, so let's go ahead and get started with how it works to get on stage. <laughs> all right, so the way it works, uh, for those that are ever interested in doing an open mic in the city of Miami, uh, well, in any city, really. I mean, it's, uh, I kind of figured out a way to make it so that it's, it's, it's possible to go on stage, okay? Uh, however... In order to do that, you have to also play fair with all the comedians that have waited and got on the list. And it's also a weird time. Uh, AEDES says, we were 20 people deep, sir. <laughs> I, I bet I'm not denying the fact that Darius is a cool dude and he's got people that support him. Shit, I wish I had that many supporters when I first got started in comedy. You know what it's like to say you do comedy and then people unfriend you? <laughs> Oh my God, now he's going to post flyers and video clips. Fuck that, unfriended. Um, no, just tell Darius to, uh, I invited Darius over to uh, Tuesdays. Um, we would love to support. All right, there you go. Hey, Des, looking out for, you should be his manager. Why don't you, why don't you ask him for an agent uh, position? Huh? Just uh, book him and say, we're going to bring 20 people, sir. <laughs> well, what are his credentials? Uh, 20 people deep. <laughs> Has he been on any major uh, networks? Uh, yeah, the 20 People Deep Network. <laughs> uh, yeah, just tell him to come out to a show uh, in advance because uh, we, we got to go by. All right, so let me finish my thought here. So in, in order for people to, uh, to go on stage, we've got to play fair because if we don't play fair, then we don't have a good show in terms of the performers. So arrive early, sign up early. And we'll get you on. It's also a weird uh, scenario to go on during the mic part of the show these days because of the curfew. Uh, in, in Miami, even though we're wide open and we don't give a fuck, right? Like, we're open. Right? Like, yeah, go have fun. You want to grind down people at a nightclub? Have fun. Go have fun. Do whatever you want. But close by midnight. So in order for the nightlife people and the comedy people for them not to mesh, uh, we, uh, we have to end the show at 1030. So there's an hour and a half buffer. Uh, so, uh, doing the open mic right now is a little weird. Uh, I'm not going to lie. All right. What's the best time to sign up? Uh, I say seven 30, seven 30 is not too late, not too early. All right. There you go. Uh, a little opening, uh, commentary there for those that are ever interested in doing a Miami comedy open mic arrive early and uh, make sure you go 20 people deep or Darius is going to take your spot. All right. What's up, Mateo, Bill Bryan, May Canter. All right, so let's go ahead and get into some news. Uh, quick announcements, guys. 
So MiamiComedy.com is going through some uh, major, major comedy show changes, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm just so exciting to see the comedy shows really hit the ground running because right now we've got, uh, as you already know, Red Bar Mondays, Sweet Caroline Tuesdays, uh, Wednesdays, we finally got the approval from the venue, the brand new Pilos Tequila Garden, a huge, beautiful venue in Wynwood in the nightclub area. All right. You know, like right across the street is like all the nightclubs like El Patio, 1-800-LUCKY. Right across the street from that is uh, Pilos uh, Tequila Garden. All right. Serving Mexican food, tacos, right? All your favorite stuff. And it's got wonderful cocktails, a beautiful indoors and a beautiful outdoors. And we sealed the deal. They gave us the, uh, the green light. Miami New Times will be promoting us these coming weeks. So make sure Wednesday nights, if you want, if you guys want to come out to a, a show on hump day, Pilo's Tequila Garden is the brand new place for Miami comedy. Wednesday nights, we did it. Uh, we also have a uh, the Fun Dimension show on Friday. So last Friday, it was a great turnout, a little too much of a turnout. The rooms are small. The second floor of Fun Dimension is like these party rooms, right? Like picture Fun Dimension like a mom and pop Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> First floor is family friendly. Second floor is none but fuck you jokes. So uh, make sure you arrive early. Go up to the top. Right. And what we're going to do this coming Friday is we're going to use all three. We're going to use three party rooms. And for the first time ever in Miami, we're going to announce it right here on the podcast. For the first time ever in Miami, we're going to have a venue where we're going to have three shows happening at the same time, meaning you can switch or the comedians will switch between these three party rooms and they'll all have a stage. They'll all have a spotlight. They will all have servers. Never been done before in the Miami comedy scene. Another applause. That's Friday nights, eight o'clock at Fun Dimension. Um, let's see. And then uh, we got some Saturday and Sunday shows at Focal Brewery in Little River. Those are always amazing. Always a big turnout on. The, oh, it's just so exciting, guys. We have a brand new Sunday room, too, coming up later uh, in, in like a month or two. I got I just got the uh, the OK that this venue will end up opening in downtown Miami. Not going to say it just yet. Not going to just say, not just going to say it just yet, because what we'll do is we'll wait for the actual venue to open and then we'll go hard and start getting the word out. Okay. Because, you know, if we say it now, we're only going to blow our load, right? We're only going to blow our load. We're going to be like, ah, there you go. That's it. And then two months later, it's like, oh, was this the show you talked about two months ago, Manny? Well, the motivation is over. I don't want to go anymore because you ruined the surprise. Um, sub Gabby Green. Uh, Mateo says, thanks. Cool as fuck. Damn, you want to take the bus down ATL to do all this. Mateo, you could be my protege. <laughs> I will mentor you, rather coach you, because I am a coach. I will coach you into building up a comedy scene. Um, it takes a lot of work, and I, I hope you're ready to fail often. Uh, Calberti. Here's the thing, though, Mateo. One thing I will share with you is um, if you go to a city – that isn't uh, that doesn't have like an entrepreneurial uh, comedy producer, you're more likely to succeed. If you go to a city that has multiple uh, people or one person that's doing it really good, it's 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 going to be a little more difficult because I went uh, like I'll give you I'll, I'll give you guys a sh I'll give you a shout out right now. Like in Cleveland, there's a documentary about a, the Cleveland comedy scene. And I met the guy in D.C. I forget his name, but shout out to him. Uh, he wears like beanies and, and a mustache. Uh, and he did like, he, he runs like multiple rooms in Cleveland. 
And like, I think he's the only one. I forgot the name of the documentary. I think it's on Amazon Prime. And it's about him running rooms in Cleveland. And I'm like, dude, I was just in Cleveland and I was wondering where the fuck can I go see a comedy show around here? Shout out to Hilarities though. The comedy club there is fucking dope. I saw Tom Papa there. Nice to see the Miami comedy scene is coming back. I'm meant to do perform. Shout out to Ramon in Cleveland. I think, it, yeah, is it Ramon? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, yeah, Miami, Miami comedy is just fucking booming right now. Man, you know what it is? You know why it's booming? Because everywhere that's closed, they come down here and they're like, oh, look, a comedy scene. <laughs> Almost seven nights a week. Shit. I'm sticking around. Um, at what age do you start a comedy, Manny? At the age of 23 in 2009. Uh, and great segue, by the way, Julio. Uh, I was in corporate, right? Because we want to talk about corporate today. Uh, I, was in, I was in a corporate career. And man, it was such a comfortable time in my life. It was so comfortable that I was out of shape. I was an alcoholic. <laughs> I had a nice little bachelor pad in Miami Beach. I had a motorcycle, a brand new whip. Uh, yeah, I had a nice little corporate salary. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you just get so comfortable... You start doing some fucked up shit, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think there was like a good 13 years of my life that was like a big uh, salary blur. Like all I remember was just getting a salary and spending it on shit. Oh, well, great times, though, man. I miss I miss living a life where. Um, how do I put this where it's like I don't I don't regret the decision I made. I'm, I'm very happy now. But I also miss the comfort of getting a check. You know what I mean? Like when the check comes, it's like, I didn't do shit for like four days in here. <laughs> you know, when you're punched in and you're really taking it easy, right? Like you're, you're having a cup of coffee and you're eating a tostada in the, in the break room and you're like, I'm on the clock right now. Life is good. <laughs> Uh, Griffin Comedy says some people drive three hours to be a part of the Miami scene. There you go. That's Griffin right there. Uh, yeah, Griffin, you remind me of 2009, 2010, Manny, where the, there was no comedy scene in Miami. Uh, most people in the, that started here in the city were like, ah, this place sucks. It ain't good for comedy. And then they go leave to L.A. and New York where everyone's doing the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a room or two and uh, see what happens. And then, you know, six years later, all right, seven nights a week of comedy. We're in. <laughs> oh, my God, the Miami comedy scene is flourishing. I shouldn't have left in the first place. That's right. And here I am. <laughs> uh, take a shit, get paid. Yeah, exactly. Shake the dust. You go to the bathroom, you get paid, you get a nice little check going. Good times. You know what? Uh, the corporate life really isn't. I don't want to make it seem like it's bad, but the corporate life, the thing that sucks about corporate is that the communication, I don't know what it is about corporate, but when it comes to communication, it fucking sucks, man. Like corporate communication is probably one of the worst games of telephone you've ever played in your entire life. <laughs> Bro, AT&T can't fix the fucking game of telephone on, in, corporate, in the corporate world. You know why they teach you what's up stuff to do in Miami? Shout out you, Miami. Um, you know what it is about corporate? They, for some reason, corporate, they, uh, they just want to misconstrue everything that is said. That's why you, you got, have you guys ever taken a class where they show you how to write emails in corporate? 
That's how bad it is that you got to take a class on how to write an email in corporate. Well, when you start off the email, you want to say hello, but not overdo it. So you want to pad with a nice message, no more than a sentence, so that you can bring in the information afterwards. The first thing you want to point out is the things that can be taken into priority. Then if there's any bad news, you just weave it. It's like, oh my God, can we just tell them that we didn't hit our goal and then just fucking press send? We didn't hit our goal. Sad face. Press send. No, that's not the right way. You got to put a signature at the bottom, put the links and say, as per your email. Oh my God. As per your email. Hey, stupid. I sent an email to you and you haven't really responded it correctly. As per my last motherfucking email. <laughs> corporate has the worst communication skills but it's so crazy because corporate allows you to like, there's so many tools, right? There's email, there's Slack, there's telephone, there's text message. There's so many tools for corporate to communicate. And it's the worst kind of communication. Don't talk to me direct. Oh, have you ever gotten like where you can't talk to someone directly? <laughs> That's the best one. It's like, hey, how's it going, sir? How are you? Are you fucking talking to me? You don't talk to me. You talk to to Juan, and then Juan tells me what you said. <laughs> Don't you dare fucking look at me ever again. Don't even say hello. Well, I just wanted to say how great your slacks look. Fuck you. You talk to Juan to get to me. All right? What is it, Juan? Manny, Manny says you're wearing wonderful slacks. Uh, tell Manny to get back on the fucking clock. He better not be getting paid to tell me how good I look in my slacks. Write his ass up. I don't like this. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's see what I miss. Uh, hookers and cocaine, the wolf of Miami, a Manny Garavito story. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but that means there's more competition. Yeah, you're saying when people move to New York. Exactly. I mean, it was, it's, it's very saturated. So to go back to the comment. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to alternate between corporate and comedy. Wow, perfectly written over on the title, corporate comedy. All right, so let's go ahead and switch it over to comedy. Um, so kind of writing a book, right? And I'm talking about um, how comedians need to be entrepreneurial, especially after the pandemic. Like if you haven't done it yet, you're already fucking up, right? Like to all the comedians listening. Um, but comedy is no longer a game of how can I get booked or how can I get my next big break? Comedy is now a game of how can I use my sense of humor to get paid? And I think that's where a lot of comedians are kind of fucking up because like when you look at the success stories of comedians of the past, you know, they say that they did open mics and then somebody found them and then they got a show and then they fell down and then they got another opportunity, so on and so forth. And then they became a star. That sounds like a fucking lottery win to me. All right. I'd rather, instead of spending a dollar and scratching the lottery of I hope I make it, I'd rather put a dollar in my savings account to save up as many as I can so that I can launch something cool. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to comedy nowadays, what we've got to do as comedians is we got to figure out what am I good at, right? Apart from comedy, what am I good at? Am I good at doing social media? Am I good at writing sketches? Am I good at tech, uh, you know, uh, video and, and footage and photography, right? And then you mesh comedy into that, right? So now you're like the comedy photographer or now you're like the comedy coach like myself or now, you you know, that whole thing. 
because now it's like, well, I'm funny on stage. Yeah, so are like thousands of other people. <laughs> but I deserve to get booked. Yeah, so do thousands of people. <laughs> I want to be a star. Yeah, so do thousands of people. <laughs> if not millions, you know? So, uh, you know, like look at, look at the people in corporate. Uh, you apply for a job, you get good at the job, and then you get, you know, then you get, um, you get a raise, right? Or you, 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 you go to a better position. That's the same thing if you were to become an entrepreneur uh, in, the, in the field of comedy. You start a podcast, you suck at it, then you get pretty good at it, then you get okay, and then you just stay at mediocre for the rest of your life. <laughs> With only seven people watching. Hey, fuck it, I'm having fun. Don't, don't shit on my parade, on my podcast parade. All right, let's get to the reads, shall we? Manny Garavito is the best comedy coach ever. Thank you, Hernando. That's because I believe in you. Um, all right, guys. This show is sponsored by L.U. Venus, who is a badass health insurance agent, helping individuals, families, small business owners find the health plan they need, whether it be Medicare, Medicaid, group plans, ACA, Obamacare. If you've got health insurance questions, he's got health insurance answers. Reach out to him. L.U. Venus, everybody. That's E-L-I-U dot V-I-N-A-S at USHadvisors.com. Thank you, L.U. All right, let's keep the ball rolling. Um, so here's a big difference between uh, having a job or being in corporate and pursuing something. Uh, there's a big differentiating factor. And this isn't just for comedy. This is just anybody pursuing anything in general. Uh, people that have a job, they take, right? That's the, that's the, that's the paycheck mentality, taking. How much money can I take? I want $20 an hour. Well, how's 18? 19. Take, right? I want uh, healthcare benefits. I want a 401k plan with matching contributions. I want a pension plan. I want dental plan, right? I want, I take, this is my time. This is my lunch hour. Take, 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 right? When you go over to uh, entrepreneur mode or business owner mode, you that instead of taking, you've got to create. Okay. So when you're creating, um, a lot of people will take, <laughs> that's the thing that sucks though, as a business owner, when you create a lot more people are going to take from what you, from your creation than giving back to your creation, but you can't let that stop you. You've got to still create regardless of that. And then sometimes it'll be a little difficult, but if you, if you were meant to do that, if you were meant to do that, then nothing can really stop you from doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, Huli, uh, hold on. Alex says, I might only count as one view, but I got three other people in the room laughing with you, Manny. Oh, thank you, Alex. Um, appreciate that. So you, like what, you invite people to watch you watching me? Watching you, watching me. Uh, do you think to be successful, I should aim for smart comedy like George Carlin? I don't know, Julio. Is that your is that your natural personality, or are you just trying to be George Carlin? Um, when it comes to finding your here, I'll give you a little. Uh, you know what, Julio? I'll give you a little comedy coaching. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of my of my main profession here because at this point, uh, being a comedian is my side profession. 
and being a comedy coach is my primary, right? Because the primary provides a lot more than the side. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> oh, sorry. So as a comedy coach, I would say, uh, don't try to be like anybody. In the beginning, you can, because you're trying to figure out who you are as a comedian. Us as a comedian, us as comedians, those that claim to be comedians, uh, as long as you're striving to find the funny that you're naturally good at, it's almost like a fingerprint, right? Like your, your comedy style will only be yours once you figure it out. And in order for you to figure, out, figure it out, most comedians, they try to be somebody, right? They try to be the next George Carlin or the next Richard Pryor or whoever, Robin Williams or whoever you like. But they, they, there can't be another Richard Pryor. There can't, they can't be another uh, George Carlin because you're not them but you then take things like their cynical sense of humor and their, I don't give a fuck attitude and their antics. Right. So that's kind of like your foundation. And then with that foundation, you then can like uh, trampoline your way to who you really are taking that with you. You know what I mean? So like, if you like uh, Robin Williams and his antics, you can then be Julio with a little bit of antics, you know what I mean? And then it becomes something completely different. It's almost like you morphed it into your own without like copying it. Because if you try to be like somebody, you're only limited to be that guy, right? But you've got to start somewhere. If instead you try to, you try to find out what is it that makes them tick or where is it that they get their inspiration from, why they do comedy, what they get out of their chest to do comedy, you know, you almost got to go a little meta. And then once you go meta, you can then start seeing the essence of it rather than the copycat of it. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. A little comedy coaching for free. All right. Uh, make sure you send me an email if you guys are ever interested in comedy coaching. I'm pretty good at it. Not going to lie. A lot of satisfied customers. Hell, one of the best comedians in Miami is being coached by me as we speak. Got a whole year and he's killing it. He's getting booked left and right within a month. How the fuck are you doing it? I don't know. I almost want to get coached by my clients. How are you doing that? Oh, you're the best coach around, man. Yeah, but how did you do that? <laughs> I'm not that good. How did you do it? Uh, Manny, now you're just creating and Julio's taking. There you go. Shake the dust. You got it. <laughs> shake the dust is understanding. <laughs> um, thank you, Sensei. You're welcome. Great advice, Manny. I like to be myself with my comedy because my life is already a joke. Oh! Uh, Walter always coming in with a great commentary. Walter is like the Paul Schaefer of the Miami Comedy Podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's like rubbing his hands with sunglasses on on the live stream. Hey, yo, Manny, imagine you get imagine you and a robot getting laid on layaway. <laughs> oh, man, he is bueno. Yeah, Hernando knows. Um, Hernando's one of my clients, actually. You coach you. Um, yeah, if you guys want to, if you guys ever want to get in touch with your sense of humor, and it doesn't have to be for stand up comedy, it could be for like creating content, it could be for, uh, starting your podcast, doing a live stream, talking to the ladies, right? You need to be funny to talk to the ladies. See, that's the thing, man. A lot of people think in order for you to be a comedian, you got to go on stage and like make an ass out of yourself. You don't. The only thing you've got to do to become a comedian is uh, find the funny, right? If you're actively finding the funny, you're a comedian because a comedian has many different avenues. For some reason, a comedian is only stuck to movies and stand up in people's minds. But a podcaster can be a comedian. A guy that writes memes can be a comedian. Hell, a guy that makes a group of friends laugh over and over is a comedian. Right? <laughs> a, fr a friend that brings 20 people. 
to the Red Bar shows and ask, why can't I go up next? <laughs> uh, what's up, Dale, uh, Dale Gorp? I want that drum thing. Yeah, I got a nice little soundboard on my uh, mixer here. Because we moving on up, moving on up. Um, all right, so let's, get, let's switch it back to corporate and then we'll end it here, okay? Um, back in my day, when I was in corporate, corporate is probably one of the best things to wake up from. Because a corporate life, they hypnotize you with that salary. You're happy. And when you jump and you leave, if you ever decide to, of course, I'm not dictating what you, you should or shouldn't do. But if you, if you did what I did and just jumped and was like, I am, I'm going to do this. Fuck it. I'm going to do this. And, and uh, you do it. What's great about leaving corporate is you realize that there's a whole life ahead of you. And you're like, oh, my God. Look at all this open field. This is amazing, right? And then you feel great. And then three years later, you're like, I don't even know where I am. There's no map. Where do I go next? Fuck, right? And so you got to build something out of that. Whether it's like, man, man, you know, when I left corporate, you know, as a comedian, it took me about six years before I started getting money as a comedian, like serious money, you know? And uh, I got to admit, man, the... uh, I romanticized, I really romanticized the starving artist lifestyle before I was a starving artist, right? Because <laughs> when you're in corporate, right, when you're stuck to your desk, you really start daydreaming about how awesome would it be to be a starving artist. Like, dude, fuck, man, it'd be so great to be a doorman at a comedy show and just get paid $3.50 an hour and just seeing people laugh and having a beer. Right. Like, that'd be so awesome, man. Wake up whenever you want. And then next thing you know, you know, three years later, you're having a a watered down beer in front of a bar at three in the morning and you've got nothing to do the next day. And you're like, I'm fucking miserable. Why the fuck would I choose to do this? (laughs) And I think what I think what's really going on is that those that write about being a starving artist, they, they romanticize it to make it seem like those probably weren't the worst years of their lives. <laughs> Cause God damn it. Those were the worst years of my life. But then again, I needed to go through that in order to understand what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? Because dude, I was like laying down on my, on my futon, right? My food, I had a futon back in the day when I was a starving artist in a little room. And I would feel like, I would feel bad because I would feel like, and this was like something I would feel like quietly alone. Like I would feel as if like, my God, I'm a failure. Like it's over. Like, where am I going to get my next, how am I going to get money? Like, and then like, I would do like gigs. Like I would get these apps, right. That would like give me gigs, like washing dishes and being a janitor. And like, it would be like, all right, Tuesday, you work from nine to 8 PM. Uh, $12 an hour doing this. And then sometimes you'd get a good gig, like, all right, you're going to be a host for this fundraiser for $25 an hour. I'd be like, all right, fucking, on a, I'm on a come up. <laughs> and then, so you get like these little random paychecks. And then that's how I would live as a starving artist. I would get uh, bullshit gigs and then drive hours like Griffin to do open mics um, in, in cities far away. So like my money would really go to like put gas in my car, go do stand-up comedy, come back. Hopefully my fucking notifications goes on saying I got a gig tomorrow or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was, it was some hard times, man. But 
if if I didn't go through that, I probably wouldn't have the tenacity to 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 get where I'm at now. You know what I mean? Because if things were easy, uh, I probably as soon as like as soon as an obstacle comes my way, I'd be like, well, it was fun. I'm done. <laughs> I can't put up with this no more. I'm stressed out. It's almost like you got to go through a lot of stress and heartache in order for the good things to really, really be appreciated. Because when the good things come your way, they don't come your way easily. You need a lot of endurance in order to take that shit. It's like, hey, look, there's the prize right there. And it's not in arm's reach. It's almost like you got to fucking like, like bleed with a hammer to get to it. It's like, fuck, it's right there. Why can't I? Ah, fuck it. You know? Um, let's see. I'm excited for Friday. There you go, Hernando. I clean houses. It's better than corporate. <laughs> hey, man, hey, whatever floats your boat, you know? Um, LOL. Is there an Espanol open mic? Uh, check out the improv on Tuesdays. Shake the dust is your, uh, your connect, I think. All right, everybody. Let's go ahead and end it here. Um, don't forget, MiamiComedy.com slash group. Join our virtual comedy club. Uh, we did the Cupids of Comedy last Sunday. Amazing. Lots of fun. Dude, we had people that weren't even single showing up. Oh, let me go ahead and get into this real quick. Um, the people that came out to Sunday's show were people from like Georgia, New York, Miami, of course. We had like a good 10 to 12 people, right, that actually paid. <laughs> And you know what? The quality was amazing. It fucking worked. And um, one thing that I've realized is that when people started tuning into the Cupids of Comedy, it was uh, some of them were couples. Like people showed up, couples showed up to the show. And shout out to Brittany Brave, a hilarious comedian. Like she is amazing. Like she handled every, like she, it almost felt like 20 minutes how much she was killing on that thing. Um, and we were talking about, it's complicated relationships. We were talking about um, very sensitive guys. Uh, we were talking about, um, you know, guys that prefer uh, physical over emotional. Dude, the conversations that we were having on there were just so magical that we're, we're going to do it again. All right, me and Brittany, were already talking about some new dates. So stay tuned for another Cupids of Comedy, whether you're single, in a relationship, gay, straight, whatever. If you're breathing... You got to check out Cupid's a Comedy to talk about uh, anything about dating or romance or relationships. Amazing. Um, especially when you have a co-host as talented as Brittany. Uh, Friday Night Comedy. Yeah, fun to mention, right? Bringing my peeps. I better get a stage quick. Yeah, go. All right. <laughs> show up early, uh, Hernando. Stuffy, it's simple. Welcome, but the show is over. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, once again, go to MiamiComedy.com slash group. Join our virtual comedy club because we will be rolling out more shows. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great night. Bye, everybody.